From sprains to fractures, get expert care quickly at the University of Kansas Health System. Walk-in orthopedic care is open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 to 2 at I-435 and Null. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. First and go at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties. Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John, Nate Bucati, Jay Gutierrez on this Victory Monday, Championship Monday, back-to-back Monday, February 12th. 2024. See you at the parade on Wednesday. But right now we'll talk to our very good friend, Catherine Tappen, who's joined us throughout this wild and crazy roller coaster ride of a football season that ended with the Chiefs beating the 49ers 25-22 to in overtime. And now uh, McCall Harbin's on Good Morning America. He's out everywhere. So there it is. Uh, Catherine Tappen joined us. Catherine, good morning. How are you? Well, good morning, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? You must be uh, loving life right now there in Kansas City. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. Um, we were, uh, Nate was, uh, you know, you, you see all those shots of 10,000 Chiefs fans reacting to every moment uh, down at a little area we call uh, P&L. Our man Nate Bucati is on stage hosting that, uh, the host with the most, and so He's, uh, he's 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 emotionally and physically spent right now. <laughs> I bet, I was, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I was I was with my family, and I just just I, I could be by myself, and I'd be emotionally and physically spent. That game, that game was amazing. I just let I just want to start with the game itself from your unbiased perspective. It was it was uncharted territory because we haven't seen a Super Bowl overtime game under the new overtime rules. And that game was a marathon, but it allowed for us to see two drives that were almost, you know, equivalent. Seven and a half minutes that that looked like uh, just two heavyweights slugging it out. difference was the 49ers settled for a field goal, and then we were treated to, uh, after a 13-play, 75-yard drive, a walk-off touchdown by Mahomes. How how did that ending, how did that drama for you – Someone that just covers football and loves football, but wasn't emotionally invested in either team. Where would you put that ending and that drama up against some of the other great Super Bowl finishes we've seen? Yeah, I mean, I just think that it was one of the greatest football games ever. I mean, we, you know, as a fan of football, and, and you mentioned it. You know, I'm I'm unbiased. I've got you know I've got rooting interests with certain individuals on both teams. I've, I certainly root for success for certain you know people within the organizations and that kind of thing. But I, I definitely was watching that game as a you know not a diehard fan of either team. So um, my perspective was such that you know it was such a great game, and and then the fourth quarter I just you know you watch it and you just had a feeling 
that Kansas City was going to win it. And just given what they've been through this season, you know, you heard Mahomes afterwards with Tracy Wolfson say it was just a microcosm of, of the season. That game in its entirety and in the fourth quarter in overtime was a microcosm of the entire season of the Kansas City Chiefs, which is so true. But, um, you know, it was very floppy and mistake-filled in the beginning. And you'd, I wondered if both teams were a little nervous. You know, that was a... That was such an unusual Super Bowl, I felt like, given the hype leading up to it, all the outside storylines. You've got Vegas, you've got the celebrities, you've got Taylor Swift. I mean, it's just the magnitude of that game and the buildup leading up to it was unlike anything I've ever seen at a Super Bowl. And, you know, covering these games over the years, it was it was a different level. So part of me wondered watching the beginning part of the game, like, are they just feeling each other out? And, and are there a little bit of nerves that maybe um, – because it was a bit sloppy at first, but then you know, then that fourth quarter came along, and it was it was anyone's game. But you just had that feeling inside that Patrick Mahomes was going to do something special, and and you know his numbers. When you look back at what Tom Brady accomplished, what Joe Montana did, I mean that's that's Patrick Mahomes, and it's he's elite, and he's not even what halfway through his NFL career. It's just incredible to think of what this team can accomplish moving forward. Um, you know how they got there, how they got the victory last night. It's um, and yeah, I, I just knew when 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 San Francisco kicked that field goal, I said, "Oh boy, here they come!" You, know, you can't give them the ball back with an opportunity to win it with a touchdown. All they needed was a touchdown, and uh, what a finish! Just remarkable, really remarkable what this team has done. Isn't it remarkable too to hear you say that, like with all the celebrities and the and the pomp and circumstance? Like, how did the Super Bowl keeps topping itself? I mean, I know. like, how can it get any bigger? It seems like, but somehow it does. So true. And again, I mean, I go back to when we were in L.A. and it was like, you know, the first Super Bowl at SoFi and Los Angeles is like, you know, Hollywood and all these celebrities are going to be there. And and the halftime show was all the hype and the buildup. And then, you know, and then the following year was big. And then and now you've got, you know, I mean, Usher crushed it and it was fabulous. And yeah, the buildup was I don't know if it's because there's more people covering the game. There's more attention on the game. Social media continues to grow and we've got. You know, now we have more social media platforms than we did two, three, four years ago. So, and you have to factor in the Taylor Swift angle. I mean, you've got fans jumping on board the NFL that have never even watched a football game before this season. So, um, it's coming at it from all angles. I mean, it, it really was a global game. I love when they showed cutaways. CBS just did such a great job last night, um, and full credit to them. I, I love their creativity from start to finish of the game. Um, but, you know, they showed shots in, in Mexico. They showed shots in Australia. They showed our service members in South Korea. You know, I mean, this game is – everybody on the planet was watching it. And uh, for whatever reason, whether you wanted to see Taylor Swift or you wanted to watch a good football game, and, and it just continues to grow. And that's the uh, that's the effect of the NFL. That's why they're taking it to different countries to grow the game. And, you know, to your point, Nate, it's, it's just amazing how every year we keep saying, oh, my gosh, it's so much bigger than last year. I mean, I don't know how much bigger it's going to get next year, but it will. I, I can tell you, I was uh, super frustrated in the first half, but I was I was pleased because I thought with the way the 49ers somewhat dominated the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, both offensively and defensively, that the Chiefs were fortunate to just be down one score, and I thought maybe the 49ers would go into halftime thinking, man, we, we should be up. 10 points, 14 points. Why are we only up seven? And so, uh, but, but I did need, I did need a lengthy break at halftime. And so I'd like to ask you, what did you think of the halftime show with Usher with many cameos from Alicia Keys 
to Jermaine Dupree looking like little Lord Fauntleroy. Uh, and also, uh, and, and then we all went crazy with Little John and uh, Ludacris. Uh, what did you think of the halftime show, please? Keep playing that music right there. That's you, right. Know, you don't even need to listen to me for the rest of this uh, this call in. But um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, huge Usher fan. That that halftime show took me back to college. It took me back to you know my early days in television. All those songs and. Um, it was funny because I actually I chose to watch the game with um you know I, I like to listen to the game and I don't love to go to Super Bowl parties because you don't get to pay attention so I was l- watching the game with my parents and I'm looking at my dad you know and he's just like what is this you know because he didn't listen to Archer but he respected he loved he loved you know he loved my enthusiasm and I was up like jumping and singing and um it was great I thought he was I I loved that he brought out other people I know there was a question as to whether or not he's going to bring anybody else on board Alicia Keys just absolutely she's she's phenomenal she's stunning she has an incredible voice uh what she stands for with you know empowerment and you know lifting up other females in the industry and um you know her fresh look and her fresh perspective on on new things i just i love lisa keys so she did a great job i love the red you know her whole piano and the red outfit it was mm-hmm. spectacular and um yeah and then he brought out ludicrous like how could you not love usher and ludicrous it was just great and you know, I know he was nervous. I, I listened to so many interviews leading up to it with um, Gail King on the CBS Morning Show and, you know, hearing her sit him down and how he was nervous for it, you know, and he made sure he kept his residency in Las Vegas extra long so that, you know, he gave Jay-Z no choice but to pick him for the Super Bowl halftime show and, um, you know, because he's a part of that rock nation and he's friends with Jay-Z. And, but he was nervous for it, and it's in his home turf and uh, obviously the grandest stage of them all, but he absolutely crushed it. He looked great. You could tell he was working his butt off because he was dripping sweat. I mean, he was – he gave it everything he had, and I love that. I thought I thought he did an awesome job, and it was uh, it was uplifting. It was fun, to your point. It kind of gave us all a break from the game for him. Like, oh, my gosh, we got we to gotta take a little breather here. This is a stressful game to watch, whether you're a fan of one team or the other or just, you know, someone like me who's neutral and just enjoying a great football game. It was stressful, no question. And also, whenever you do something at that level on roller skates, I think that takes it to, to the next level. That's I mean, who impressive. knew he could roller skate like right. that? I had no idea. It made me want to have a roller skating party. I think I need to bring back, like, an old-school disco ball roller skating party with my friends. I thought it was, yeah, it inspired me to want to get on roller skates. Maybe he could play, I don't know, maybe he can, can he ice skate? Do we know? Can he get in some hockey skates? No, I bet he can. <laughs> he can do anything, right? That's exactly right. And, and so the other point that we made earlier, look, we spend so much time talking about offense and defense and the quarterbacks and everything else. Sometimes we ignore or we don't talk enough about special teams. And, you know, the special teams for the Chiefs, they helped win the game. I mean, it was a huge mistake on the San Francisco 49ers part. Obviously, when the the punt hit the kid in the leg, hit the guy in the leg, and then Ray Ray McLeod tried to pick it up and couldn't do it, and the Chiefs recovered, and that led immediately to a touchdown, and that really turned the game. But then also, a blocked extra point, which was huge. And I thought that uh, Tommy Townsend, the Chiefs punter, averaged over 50 yards a punt, was spectacular and flipped the field position a couple of times big time. And then, of course, uh, Harrison Butker, 57-yard field goal, a Super Bowl record. Uh, you know, all the all the credit's going to go to Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and Kelsey and rightly so. But special teams, it's a reminder in a game that ends up being decided, you know, at the end of the, of the overtime period, special teams was the difference last night. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, well, definitely the defense dominating the line of scrimmage and the special teams. But, you know, you think back to that play with Jalen Watson recovering the muff punt on special teams in the third quarter. That led to the touchdown that gave Kansas City its first lead. You know, that was a huge turning point of the game. Um, you know, when the Niners retook the lead in the fourth, it was um, the blocked extra point, which kept the deficit to only three points. I mean, that, that, those are, to your point, those are those are game changers. And you know, there. I think um, it takes a whole team effort. And I've always said, I, you know, defense wins you games, it wins you championships. The offense obviously was high flying, and Patrick Mahomes is who he is. But you need that good defense. And to be honest, I mean, the defense and the special teams was what got this team to where they were at in the postseason anyway. Um, and we've talked about that all year long. But um, you need the full effort. You know, you, <laughs> as cliche as Bill Belichick is after all of his post-game press conferences, you know, it's, it, all three phases of the game, he talks about it ad nauseum. It's just so crucial to winning championships. It can't just be one big offensive play. It comes from every single player on that football field. Um, you know, you saw you saw the passion on the field. I know there's a lot of discussion about, you know, Travis Kelsey going up to Andy Reid, and that means that the emotions are just so high that at any given moment, you know, the, the, the game can swing. And so when you've got your special teams guys fully bought in and engaged, and then you've got the defense doing what they did, I mean, just right out of the gates in the game, it was – it's uh that's that's the best football you're gonna see. I mean, it, it's amazing to be able to even sit here and talk about the Chiefs winning, you know, their third Super Bowl, and we're talking about special teams. That's great. That tells you uh, what level they're at right now, and and that's why they're gonna be a, you know, they're they're the class of the NFL, and I just don't know who moving forward is going to upend this team in years to come as long as they stay intact and they keep this core group together. It's um it, it's really remarkable to watch. You know, Mahomes was asked about chasing. Tom Brady last night, and he said, "Look, after the game, he said, I'll, you know, he, he'll always have that, you know, that he beat me in the Super Bowl, so I can never get that back. But, <laughs> but you know, but you know, I could, I can. So he, he kind of just deferred and didn't really talk about it. But I'll ask you this from a historical perspective: This is the ninth team in NFL history to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Nobody's won three in a row. There's been no three-peat." And you, mm-hmm. you you can't ever beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, but what you can maybe you don't get to seven, but what you can do if you're talking about legacy is you could do something he never did and something that Joe Montana or Terry Bradshaw none of these quarterbacks ever did and win three in a row. What, what that that mm-hmm. can you imagine? And it really seems with this team, it's 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 possible. It really seems it's possible that is going to be. I mean, I, I was going to say that's what a weight's going to be on the shoulders, but they've, hell, they deal with all kinds of pressure. But now <laughs> that's going to be a storyline everyone's going to wrap their arms around because we all want to see something we've never seen before. I know I want to see it, but that would be that would be a way to separate yourself from everyone else as far as legacy and being the, being a, you know a, a historical perspective. Yeah, no question. I mean, seven is definitely going to be a challenge to get. I mean, he's got three. We'll give him credit for three, but seven is a different level, as we all know, with Tom Brady. But, um, I mean, listen, three in a row would be amazing. I think it's, you know, it's going to be a conversation next year. This, this poor team, they just, they just deal with so much pressure every single year. It's like, oh, well, now they, now they got to set records and now they got, they got to win three in a row. And, um, you know, there's always going to be, conversations around the Chiefs. As I said, they're the class of the NFL, um, you know, much to the chagrin of those who have grown sick of the Chiefs. They're not going anywhere. So, um, But, I mean, that would be remarkable. It would be a feat, you know, that, like you mentioned, would be fun for all of us to see a historical accomplishment. But I just think that in all these generations of games and quarterbacks, and there's something special with all of them. You know, whether or not Patrick Mahomes wins seven championships, who knows. But 
at the same time, he's an elite, unique quarterback that we have an opportunity to watch and watch him grow and watch him evolve, watch him make incredible decisions on that football field that no one else can make, which is why he has three Super Bowls and will get more. Um, I just think, you know, and then you look at Tom Brady and you may, you know, you talk about what a great quarterback he is and Joe Montana and, and the great Terry Bradshaw. You know, I just, every uh, Hall of Famer has something unique to bring to the game. And, you know, you, Travis Kelsey compared to Jerry Rice. I mean, the fact that you're even sitting there comparing Travis Kelsey to Jerry Rice and the fact that he broke that record in the postseason is probably something you wouldn't have thought of a couple years ago with Kelsey. So, um, you know, we, we, we're just getting an opportunity to sit back and watch history unfold. Maybe we'll get to see three championships back-to-back-to-back to back to back for the Chiefs. That would be awesome, you know, for Chiefs fans and, and for the history of the NFL. But either way, um, you know, watching what they do on such – an elevated platform and the stress and the pressure that comes with it and the way they're able to perform at the highest level and break records and win championships is just so much fun to watch. And so, you know, as they continue to do so and Patrick Mahomes continues to get wins and, and be the effervescent personality that he is, um, I think we're just going to sit back and watch and enjoy it. We're, we're very fortunate that we get to watch this unfold. Do we get any closer to knowing what Brock Purdy is as a quarterback after this performance? I, I did. I mean, I think, listen, that's the biggest stage, and I thought he performed He performed great. He looked so calm from everything from pregame to the game itself. He yeah. made unbelievable plays when it mattered. And when they kept showing his face when the Chiefs were driving in overtime, I just felt so badly for him. I mean, you always just – there's a winner and a loser in every game, and I always just – you know, when you see those faces of defeat, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to watch, but – he handled it with such grace and such poise, and, you know, he's earned himself a, a long career. He he proved everybody wrong this season, and um, I thought we learned that he can perform on the biggest stage. He can handle the pressure. He's not phased. He's a great quarterback, and he will have a job in this league moving forward, and uh, that game proved it last night. Catherine, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for coming on to talk about the Chiefs winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, right, it's been a blast. Right. Great on Wednesday. <laughs> you know what? We'll have fun. We'll, we'll just we just want to survive it. That's all. That's uh, Catherine Tappen okay. who joins right, us. Guys. Thank you, Catherine, who joins us every week to talk football and some other stuff. Um, again, guys, it's just that's the thing about the Super Bowl, and then being the first ones on to talk about it the next morning. You're trying to remember every moment um, and every big play. But I told you like how. Similar these drives were, right, in overtime. The 49ers, 13 plays, 66 yards, 738. And they kicked the field goal because Chris Jones on third and four from the nine put pressure on Purdy and basically had him throw it away. Chris Jones. So 13 plays, 66 yards, 738. The Chiefs answered 13 plays, 75 yards, 719. So you had dueling drives in overtime of 13 plays, seven-plus minutes. And the difference was Chris Jones put that pressure on Purdy on third down and forcing completion. They had to settle for a field goal. And the Chiefs just were not to be denied. And Patrick Mahomes went 8 of 8 on that last drive and had two carries for 27 yards, including that carry on fourth down. Unbelievable. But something else I want to mention, and I saw somebody tweet this out, and I'm glad they did, because I'm going to be honest with you. 
the 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 scariest part of that game for me, where I thought I was I was I was pissed. I was that the Chiefs were. Gonna, I thought the Chiefs were going to lose, or at least thought there was a, a definite possibility. And I don't want I don't want people to forget this. Third and four, right? With a minute fifty seven left. And the 49ers were playing keep away and doing a pretty good job of, of, of holding on to the football. If they pick up that first down on third and four, they're going to be able, because the Chiefs didn't have the full complement of a timeout anymore, they're going to be able to come real close to running that clock out mm-hmm. and kicking a game-winning field goal and leaving Mahomes on the sideline. Spags. In Spags We Trust, what did he do? Sent McDuffie on the blitz. McDuffie got in the air. Pass deflected. Incomplete. No time off the clock. They have to kick a 53-yard field goal. They made it. But if they pick up that uh, very reasonable third and four, because at that point, the, the Chiefs defense was on their heels. Yep. Like, oh, my God, oh, they're going to grind this game out and they're going to win the way the Chiefs won last year. They're just going to play keep away and kick a field goal with like 15 seconds or something stupid left, and we're just sitting here helpless. And we were all just third and fourth. This is, this is the game. This is the game. What do you got, Spags? And here it comes, and, and, that's, and that's why McDuffie's so good. It's not just what he does in coverage. It's not just what he does as a tackler. He's the best blitzing corner in football. The timing of it, because even when he doesn't get there, when he can leap in the air and disrupt the pass play, is what, she, is what he did. There was no bigger play than that. Because imagine they picked that up, right? I mean, they had a fourth and three deep in their own territory. Remember the pass? The one big play Kittle had where he barely got the first down? Mm-hmm. I mean, third and four, I'm thinking, oh, my God. And they stopped him. And that allowed the Chiefs to get the ball and kick the game-time field goal. I mean, I wasn't even pissed when the guy made the 53-yarder. I'm like, hey, so what? Yep. I was afraid that field goal attempt was going to come with no time left on the clock or just a few seconds, right? right? Yep. But remember that moment. Yep. Remember what was going through your mind. They have to stop them right here. They have to stop them in the third down. And Spags dialed it up, baby. Trent McDuffie. And the rest is history. It's another play that we forget about that was so freaking important that allowed the Chiefs to make that comeback. In a game that close, there's so many of those moments. Um, I mean, dialing up plays. That play, obviously, by Spags, he had a few of those. Andy Reid, on that fourth and one, you know, I had to stand up there on stage looking at the crowd going, boy, there's a possibility that this is it. I mean, this is the game, and if they don't get it, Chiefs just lost the Super Bowl, and he dials up a play that's perfect, and Mahomes has the chance to either throw it to Kelsey or run it. He does. And then, as you talked about, difference in the game, when the 49ers go on their drive, they dialed up a decent play. It was open, right? But Chris Jones blew it up. But the Chiefs dialed up a better play where there was no chance for the 49ers to blow it up. That ball came out of Patrick Mahomes' hands to McCole Hardman before anybody had a chance to do anything for the 49ers. 
Andy Reid finds things in games as the game is going on that work, and he dials them up at the right time. I mean, it's just incredible. Patrick Mahomes, 333 yards in the air, nine carries for 66 back-breaking yards. Unbelievable. Leading the team in rushing. Back after this on WHP. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. Like, uh, I'm back-to-back is um, rare error for this football team and this organization. So, you know, I got to have so many times as a dynasty. I don't know what a dynasty. I mean, you guys, you're the, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you've figured it out. But it's a great win It's because I know how hard it is to do and then how hard the season was, the ups and downs of the season, and how proud I am of the guys for just hanging with each other. Welcome back to the Border Patrol and Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's a championship back-to-back Monday, baby. And let me tell you something. In his first year as Monday morning quarterback on the Border Patrol and Sports Radio 810 WHB, all he's brought at the table is a Cotton Bowl championship from the zoo and a Super Bowl championship for the Chiefs. At the hell of a first year, Chase Daniel. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so I think we might have to run it back uh, next year. Yes. Man. That was... Uh... We definitely had some stuff to talk about this year, for sure. Uh, that that game, so one of, one of the coolest things about that game last night was we, we saw something we'd never seen. We saw an overtime in the Super Bowl with the new overtime rules. And, I, you know, and, and both teams had 13 play drives that went over seven minutes. The difference was Chris Jones made a big play on third and four that forced the incompletion by Brock Purdy. And then, of course, the Chiefs were able to get the ball in the end zone to win it. I mean, just right there, that drive, Chase, 8 of 8 on the overtime drive, two carries for 27 yards, including the big uh, pickup on fourth down. I mean, as a quarterback in the backyard, that's what you dream of. That, that, that drive in overtime was perfection by Patrick Mahomes, was it not? Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to go down as history as one of the better drives in, in Super Bowl history because – First of all, you haven't gone back-to-back since, I think, like Super Bowl 38-39. So that, that got it. Uh, you're playing in a Super Bowl overtime game with the new overtime rules, which, by the way, the 13-second game uh, got because that was the reason why we have new overtime rules because each team needs a chance to possess the football. So you're playing in that game, and then you win it. And, look, it, it was it was a perfect drive, in my opinion, that sort of just showed the way the Chiefs have had – to play this year. No huge play other than that big run, obviously. Um, but just like dink and dunk, crossers, quick game, like, you know, it was a perfect drive for these these kids that are playing in college and high school and they're, and they're looking at it and like, oh, I got to throw bombs every single play. And I'm like, no, just watch. Like, you're, you're so strategic and where you go with the ball, ball placement, everything about that drive was awesome. 13 plays, Taylor Swift, number 13. I mean, look, like it can't get any more, like it can't get any better for, for the Chiefs. And to have it and to win it like that um, was was really special, I'm sure, for, for Chiefs and Chiefs Kingdom, really. What about the idea that McCole Hardman, of all people, scores a game-winning touchdown? I love it. I love it, man. It just shows, it just shows you, like, just if you're part of the team, on offense this year, like like tr- in true Mahomes fashion and style, anyone can get the ball at any point. That's that's how he runs this offense. He doesn't lock in on just one receiver or one tight end or one running back. 
he's going to go to the open guy. And, like, to pull Corndog out, like, two years in a row, right? Like, like and it's gotten three touchdown passes for Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And, and, like, Andy Reid's a legend because it came out at the right spot at the right time. And, man, just so so happy for Nicole. And then, honestly, like, you know, that, that 52-yard pass or 53-yard, like, catch was just was insane. So you mentioned Andy Reid. I mean, you played for Andy Reid. You know what it's like to to be in those meetings and to be part of a game plan and and understand you know why he's such a great coach. Watching him win number three and know that there's still a lot of meat left on the bone. What, what does this do uh, in your mind for his legacy? And 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 you can give us even more insight of, of what makes him such a special Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, I mean, look, number three, and this was supposed to be their worst team, guys. This was supposed to be their worst team. They went young on defense. Obviously, you have some some holes on offense in terms of receiving crew. Uh, They were averaging seven points less a game, barely over 21 points a game this year, and and they just put it all together at the right time. I saw an interview with – with Brett Veach after the game, and he was just like, honestly, like this is the guys know when to turn around for the playoffs, and this is what championship teams do. They find a way to win. And with their defense and spags playing the way that they're playing, they were able to win another Super Bowl. And it, it's wild to me because Andy, all the re- retirement talk, I'm like, you could very well get two or three more in the next four years. I mean, like, like truly, if you look at their – at the roster, you got to go out and get a good receiver, like like a legit number one, maybe a T. Higgins, right? Like somebody like that to pair with Rasheed Rice. Kelsey will be his his normal self, I think. Even though he's getting older, I think he's good for a thousand yard you know receiving season. You got some stuff on on the defense. You got to figure out. You got to figure out. Hey, Chris Jones, will Jerry Sneed, Willie Gay, like that. That's the biggest part uh, on what you do. And I think Andy's just the glue that holds this all together. And this is something that. He just stuck with his team, man. Like, he never panics, and he never panicked uh, this year. Even when they barely clinched – I mean, they clinched the playoffs and, and the division with two weeks left. Like, like people forget that. They lost four of six at one point. They had to go through a little bit of a tough patch. And then, honestly, like, at the end of the day, when you have Mahomes and, and Mahomes can take over a game like that, like, that, that that's why – that's why Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are so special. They know exactly what to do at exactly the right time to take over football games and football leagues because what Mahomes is doing right now is is, is silly. What was your reaction like in real time when you saw the footage of Travis Kelsey bumping Big Red? <laughs> well, um, look, he was a little amped up for the game, and you could tell that you know, he wasn't, for whatever reason, like, like, I don't think it was just like, hey, you're not part of the game plan, but he wasn't a part of the game plan in the first half. He had one target, one catch, one yard. And he exploded in the second half, 92 yards in the second half, 93 yards overall, obviously, and um, some huge plays and huge catches when Mahomes needed a guy to be open. It was Kelsey. I think it was just frustration. And, look, I, I tweeted it. I, I truly believe it. I'm like, if it's anyone else, um, that pumps Andy Reid like that, you might be finding your way to the bench. <laughs> we have Chase Daniel on the line. Uh, Chase, the, the the Chiefs pretty much completely shut down Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo Samuel. How did they do it? 
Well, I, I think that what Spags did um, really in the second part of the second quarter and and the rest of the game really was just you you saw him up at the line of scrimmage with these DBs and you saw him jamming them like crazy, not letting him get off the line. He blitzed them a lot more probably than he wanted to because he was not able to get home on the first quarter. And look, Purdy had a really good game in the first quarter. I, I thought Purdy played well. And, and this isn't something like, hey, the 49ers lost the game. 49ers had almost 400 yards of total offense. They played really well. But the game plan was like, hey, CMC, all right, like you're going to get your yards. And he had 160 on 30 touches. But just don't let everyone else beat us. Let the Ray Ray McLeod, let the Juwan Jennings, which I, I'm, I think Juwan Jennings would have won MVP if, yeah. if the uh, if the Forty Nineers would have won. I mean, threw, threw a touchdown, some huge catches, plays on special teams, touchdown. Um, so, so he he played the game of his life. But I think at the end of the day, like Spags, Spags got the best of him. So I wanted to ask you about uh, the the new overtime rule has led to a lot of debate because look we there's, we have nothing compared to there's not a whole lot of examples out there to have I think uh, dependable uh, data on it and Shanahan was asked after the game uh, why they elected when they won the uh, coin toss to take the ball first and he said that's just you know they they had researched it and that's what. The, the analytics uh, pointed to pointed at, and they said they wanted, uh, you know, if they go down and score a touchdown, then the Chiefs score the touchdown, that they wanted to have first crack of uh, of having the ball with a chance to to end the game with a score. Well, they never got that chance, and that's the danger. And the way I looked at it, I kind of compared it to college. I like the Chiefs going second because they know what they have to do, and then that puts them with the you know they're in four down territory, uh, all the way down the field. If they need a field goal or they can win it with a touchdown, what do you think? What would you want to do as a quarterback if uh, if you played in a game that had these new overtime rules? Oh, I think you defer 100%. I think that you let the other team start with the football, and the fact is, you know. Uh, if you're deferring, you're going to get a chance no matter what. And so say San Fran marches down and scores a touchdown, right? Um, well, San Fran only has three downs to play with. They're punting on fourth down if they're not in field goal range. Okay, if you're the Chiefs, you got four downs to play with. So you have 25% more downs to, to roll because you're going all four downs until you score. Um, so so that's that's why I want to know what the other team has. I want I want to know that, hey, do I need a field goal? All right, if I need a field goal, we're in four-down territory still. And so I think it just it, it helps the play color out a little bit more. And, and, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. For a second, I, I was like, you know, I, I thought that Shanahan maybe forgot that both teams – had done it because I'm like uh, that. That's how surprised I was that he took the ball. I mean, I, and we we saw the way that it played out. Um, I, I want to go back to the the decisions made by Brett Veach during the 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 draft during the off season and then the regular season. I keep wanting to give love to Mike Pinnell. I thought he made some of the biggest plays in the entire yeah. game, and and it's like this guy just yeah. shows up. And, and win Super Bowls for the Chiefs. What, what about his performance? Yeah, I thought he played really well. I, look, and I, and I think the story is Beach. Like, 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 just what he was able to do in the draft a couple years ago and, and get those players and really, I mean, look, when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's easy, but he has built a roster, which is hard to do around a very, very highly top-paid quarterback. And he's been able to do it. Now, he's going to have some work this offseason because I mentioned Chris Jones or Jerry Sneed. 
Like, I just don't know in any world if you can keep both. Because because I think LeJarius Sneed is going to be top of the market. Like, he played unreal football. And would you rather have LeJarius Sneed or Chris Jones? I think I'd take Chris Jones for a couple reasons. One, he's a disruptor. I want pass rushers. And two, um, he's a leader. He's one of the two or three main leaders in that locker room. You lose a guy like that, it does more – they just take away your on-field performance. And, and with a corner, even though Jerry seems awesome, like, you know, you have another corner that can play, right? And you can take away half the field with uh, maybe helping that corner out. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I just don't know if they can keep both of them. We have uh, Chase Daniel uh, on the line. And one of the most important aspects of the game last night, and, man, this happens a lot in the postseason, Mahomes with his legs. He had over 60 yards rushing. He had 27 yards on that final drive in the overtime. I mean, that's that's one of the most important things about him, right? When everything, you've got everything taken care of, you think you get everyone covered, he can beat you with his legs, and he's such an effective runner. How about you know the, that level that he brings to his game, which a lot of times will break the backs of the defense? Yeah, and he knows exactly when to run. It's not like he's like starting the game out running. He lets the game come to him. And, and then, look, I, I think the three biggest runs um, are – I mean, they ran zone read with him. I think it was third and one, fourth and one. Run zone read. He's able to pick it up. He's got an option, but he ends up keeping it. Nick uh, uh, Nick Bosa crashes both times. And then that third down, he just he looked like he was going to run on this, like, third and two, third and three down in the red zone. And over to, just figuring out a way to just go right up the A-gap and get a first down. And, and that's what that's what makes him so special. It's like he's a little bit more athletic than you want him to be, but you also want him to protect himself. But he also understands in in games like this, if you're playing a bunch of man coverage, which the 49ers were, and they're not, they don't have a whole guy spying you, if you can get past this offensive line and this D-line, like there's no one for you. And that's, that's what I think he really took advantage of in the second half. All right, Chase, I know you're going to have plenty of uh, coverage. What uh, What's your next TV spots or on YouTube? Uh, I know you're going to talk a lot about this uh, awesome Super Bowl yeah. that took place yesterday. Yeah, we just had about an hour show last night that we filmed with Trey Wingle on my podcast, Chasing It. Uh, literally right before uh, you guys called, we just sent – hit it live uh so it's up on my youtube channel chase daniel show right now it's just a full recap of everything that went down and burt krishner uh joined us too in vegas so we have an interview with him and it was hilarious so not only do you get a full recap but you got you got burt on there spitting some noise did he have his shirt on uh you know what? We were the only show on Radio Row to get him to take his shirt off. So oh, we'll check it out. There we go. That's exactly right. Hey, Chase, uh, you know what? You said we're running back. If you're willing, we would love to have you. Uh, consider this a formal uh, a formal offer. And uh, a lot of people loved having you on the show. And you brought a lot of good luck to, uh, to uh, you know what, all the football teams here in the Kansas City area. So we'd love to keep it up. And, Chase, thank you so much for a great season as our Monday morning quarterback. I right, appreciate you guys having me on. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Yep, we will. We will enjoy the rest of the week, or the rest of the month, the rest of the year, all of it, the rest of this hour. Why not? It's been a heck of a year for you, man. Well. <laughs> for us. <laughs>
for all of us. Yeah, but it's for all of us, but I'm just all saying it's for Stephen in particular. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, drove, I drove to Dallas. I mean, it just, He's it, hanging it, out with Gary Pinkle. He's got Chase Daniel on his show every week. His team going to the Cotton Bowl. But you must Super agree, he, he does a pretty good guest all season long. He's been fantastic. He's taken to this media thing. Who would have thought? Jake. Well, Jake saw it all coming. Hey, look, man, I've had this McCole Hardman jersey or T-shirt for years. Did I get rid of it when he left town? Respect. No, I did not. You know I why? I knew he was going to catch a game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl You know why? Because you put respect on his I name. I do. With the CK, respect. That is spec. So little of it. Time out. Time out on the field. Sometimes you got to get to the basics. Just back to the basics, all right? The Chiefs. Just won back-to-back Super Bowl. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Like it feels like I'm lying almost. I, I still I, I tear up. The Chiefs have won three Super Bowls in the past five years. We used to dream about them just getting to one. I remember talking with my friends like after heartbreaking playoff losses. Like why can't we just get to one Super Bowl in my life? I just I want to see him get introduced and run out of the tunnel, and I want I just I can't. You think I, who, maybe not? I don't know. And the years kept flying by, like you know, maybe this is just didn't. It's not the cards. It's not you know whatever. And now here we are. They just won three of the last five Super Bowls. The first team in two decades to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Next year, they will attempt to become the first team in NFL history to win three in a row. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear it, man. It's hard to process. Yes, it is hard to process. It's just... He he took the ball. He took the ball in that overtime. 75 yards away. All the pressure in the world. Dealing with bad snaps in Creed Humphrey. Dealing with, you know... Fumbles in the red zone. Supposedly an unblockable guy in Nick Bosa. Yeah. You know, all this, all, you know, all these people, you can't do this, can't do that. He took that mother effing football and went eight of eight on the, listen to what I'm telling you. With the <laughs> championship on the line, he went eight of eight and had two carries for 27 yards. He put the entire franchise on his back on that drive. Oh, my receivers aren't good enough? Well, let me throw the game-winning touchdown to McCole Hartman. After I threw a touchdown earlier to MVS. Are you freaking kidding me? He cut their heart out. Imagine losing like that in the Super Bowl. Just that drive, I, I mean, I, it was it's, it was greatness. It's like 
This is what it was like when Bulls fans watched Jordan hit yeah. a shot to win the finals. This is think about whatever greatness in sports at, at its highest peak, its highest level. Tiger Woods. But this is even more because it's a it's a hometown, you know. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like those are like those are like the the greatest of the greatest. Yeah. This is this is this is what it was like when San Francisco saw Joe Montana in, in, with that drive against the Bengals, and they threw the touchdown pass to John Taylor. This this. I, I, I kind of feel like Jordan's the only comparison right now for me. I mean, you know, of course Brady, but that's easy. I'm trying to be, you know, this is this is different. Jordan and even LeBron James would take guys who had no business winning a championship or being in a finals and and make them better and lift them up and make them, you know, viable parts of a championship team. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The New York Jets couldn't find a use for McCall Hardman. Right. The New York Jets. Oh, bring him back. <laughs> Super Bowl winning touchdown. Mike Pinnell was sitting on his couch a couple months ago. Oh, you need me down the stretch? Let me come in and ball out. I mean, I'll, this, this, this stat, again, just boggles my mind. Brock Purdy... And his passes to their big three, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. Eight of 20 for 86 yards. The Chiefs defense held that those three to 86 yards. Mahomes to McColl Hardman, MVS, and Watson. Nine for 13 for 130, 131 yards and two touchdowns. We're talking about Rice and Kelsey. Steve Spagnolo on two of the biggest plays. Just dialing up the blitzes, the third and four, where they could have ran the ball, ran the clock out, it'd be in a regulation. But no. McDuffie with the blitz, those in the, they make force the incompletion. They have to kick the field goal, gives the Chiefs a chance to come back. In the overtime, third and four at the nine, they could score a touchdown. Chris Jones blows up the play. In which now that defense, Spags defense, this defense is now one of the greatest defenses in the history of the NFL because of this run. That's what we just saw. And again, they hold a high octane offense well under their league average. They scored 22 and it took them five quarters to do it. Spags becomes the first coordinator on either side of the football to win four championships. Wow. And three of them have been in KC. No other coordinators won four championships. Spags has. And now we go into next year, and the Chiefs next year will become the first team to win three Super Bowl championships in a row. And the rest of the NFL is going to have to load that into their pipe and smoke it. Back into this on WHB. Put that in your f***ing pipe and smoke it.